Our gospel lesson comes from the gospel according to St. John. I invite you as you are able to stand for the reading and the hearing and the blessing of God's holy word. The gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to St. John. Listen for the word of the Lord. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides within you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. By four years old, we say things like, my mommy can do anything. At eight years old, my mom knows a whole lot. By 12 and 14, mom doesn't really know quite everything. By 16 and 18, gosh, she sure is old-fashioned and out of date. By 25 years old, well... Maybe she knows more than I think she knows. By 35, before we decide this, let's get mom's opinion. Somewhere around 45 to 55, wonder what mom has to say about that or what she would have thought about that. And by 65 years of age, I wish I could talk to mom one more time. There's wisdom in that chronology, isn't there? There's wisdom in, in our mothers. So to all of you who are a mother, a grandmother, an adoptive mother, a spiritual mother, we celebrate you this day. Mothers, they do something quite fascinating. They, they are the guardrails, the double yellow lines, the yield and stop signs, the no passing zones, the one-way signs, and the construction zone, all at the same time, somehow. They give us the ground rules by which we abide. And we dads, we leverage that, and we say things like, if you love your mother, you'll have this room straight before she gets back. <laughs> if you love your mother, you'll make curfew. Or if you love your mother, you will not embarrass her tonight, young man. Right? Moms do it too. If you love me, you'll finish that homework, and you'll shower that dirt behind your ears, and you'll forgive your brother, and you will find the good in people. Doing what mom says is a sign of obligation and respect. Doing what mom says without being reminded, that's a sign of love and devotion. The question is, how are love and obedience commonalities? Like, if if you do, if I do my homework or eat all of my vegetables or clean my, how is that actually a sign of love, mom, right? 
To which she would say, because I said so. <laughs> That's how come. You know we love you, but do we have to do all of these chores? The reality is, we obey our moms and we respect them. Because when life really happens, when real storms of life hit, we have a mooring, an anchor point. And we know that all of those lessons prepare for us, they prepare us for something more difficult and transformative. So I want to say Happy Mother's Day again. My mother is here. Mom, I love you. Thank you for being in worship today and for all you mean to me. I thought about these words of Jesus and how he took on a parental role in John 14. This, this text, it opens with love and it closes with love, but right in the middle there's a parental role. I will not leave you orphaned. I will not leave you alone. In other words, no matter how difficult life becomes, I will not leave you. That's a beautiful image. Christ says he will not abandon us. It's a parental role, I think. But he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And he says that just, just a short time prior to offering the greatest sacrificial act of love this world has ever seen. And Jesus could have said anything as parting words to his disciples, right? Anything. If you love me, keep my commandments. All he asks is for his disciples to love him by keeping his commandments. No prerequisites, no theological entry exam, no preconditions, none of that. Just, if you love me, keep my commandments. All I require is a heart willing to change, a heart willing to be obedient to the calls of baptism and membership, to love God and to love people. This text is it's right on the brink of Jesus' earthly ministry coming to a conclusion. It's written during the time of an empire, and you know this well. It's an empire that had already destroyed the Jewish temple and had started persecuting Christians it was a time of, of dominance and power and control of, and a vast arsenal of weapons enforced it all. But what we find in John's gospel is a strikingly different kind of empire that ultimately wins. Dominance in this new empire, it comes in the form of serving others. Power. In this new empire, it comes in the form of forgiveness. You want to know what your superpower is in this world? It's forgiveness. Power, dominance, control. Control in this new kingdom comes in the form of sacrifice. The call to arms in this new empire is found in extending our arms 
to heal the sick and to raise the dead and to cast out demons and to restore sight to the blind and, and to unlock chains that are binding human beings and to set the oppressed go free. And the new arsenal that is found in this new kingdom, it's not iron swords at all, it's fruit. Fruit of the Spirit. It's difficult for us. It's difficult for us to think about this, this collision course between the kingdom's that we create for ourselves in the kingdom of, of God and we think about our, our own political environment and we, we have to think about terms like nationalism to imagine a sharper contrast between these power plays among two vastly different kinds of kingdoms. To which Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So the love of which Jesus speaks boldly to his disciples, it's neither abstract nor philosophical, but it's revealed in the lived and loved reality. Jesus, he didn't just talk about loving your neighbor and loving your enemy and loving the stranger. It's seen through his life of compassion. It's seen through proximity to people, to people on the inner circle, to people on the outskirts, he doesn't just talk about it. He walks and lives among them. Keep that commandment, church. Love is seen through his life of compassion and service as well as his fierce protests against anyone who abuses the values of heaven with little to no regard for another human being. Keep that commandment. Instead of power domination, Jesus chooses to use his power differently, to model a goal that every single human being deserves to be loved. Every mouth and stomach that's hungry deserves to be fed. Every wayward soul deserves to be welcomed into the warmth of a family and shelter provided over his or her head. Keep those commandments too. Those hearing this for the first time in the first century, they must have just started looking at their sandals and scratching their heads and saying, how in the world, how in the world may we have as much power to do these things as the master himself had? These were oftentimes common folk from rural villages and modest means. How could they combat national dominance and power and with love? How are the people then and now whom Jesus called and calls by name supposed to show love in this chaotic and power-driven world when so much fear pervades for one's safety and one's family and one's health, when livelihood and pride are all on the line? If you love him, just do it. Keep those commandments. Put in the hard work if you want to know what the eternal love of God is like. Jesus did not say, to be clear, if you love me, you ought to try this out. If you love me, consider keeping the commandments when it's convenient or timely. If you love me, keep the commandments when you have all your theology and all your relationships figured out. No, keep the commandments if you love me. 
And Jesus vows to reside within those who love him and who keep his commandments. This indwelling of the Spirit. So let's get honest for a second. How would we know in whom Jesus resides? How do you know the Spirit resides in the life of a brother or sister? What are the symptoms that one belongs to Jesus? Because that indwelling, if that indwelling of Christ's own Spirit is not evident outwardly, you know, as, as part of the sacraments, we say the sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. So if it's not evident outwardly, that Christ resides inwardly, does it exist at all? Tough questions of which the text asks us to consider. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That love should be tangible, identifiable, pervasive. The love of Jesus Christ is not a feeling to be internalized like, I love watching golf, I love pizza, I love my pets. Not like that. It's meant to be seen, to, to be known. It, it's meant to replicate his actions while he was here on this earth. We, we often ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? We need to say, what did Jesus do, right? What did Jesus do? Well, just before this reading, he showed us. We're sitting around a table. We're sitting around a meal with his friends, and he took off his outer garment and he poured some water into a basin and he began washing their feet. All the feet of his disciples. And what should not be lost on us is he washed the feet of those who abandoned him and who sold him out and denied him repeatedly, who questioned his authority, who were really hesitant about who's in and who's out of this whole movement thing. And, and those after resurrection who actually went back to everyday lives he washed their feet. I've wondered about that. I wonder if the highest expression of loving Jesus is measured by how we love our own Judas who sells us out. Do we wash that person's feet? Do we wash the feet of the Peters in our lives, the, the ones who turn their backs on us and deny having anything to do with us? Do we wash the feet of, of Thomas, the Thomas figures in our lives, those who just kind of up and leave and have some doubts and need the empirical evidence. Do we, if you want to see signs of Jesus-loving, commandment-keeping Christians within the community faith, then look for the places where the, the new commandment is being kept. Look where feet are being washed. Look for people who are stooping down as an act of humility to clean the feet of of a person whose feet are so nasty because they've just been stomping around mad and angry all week long. And underneath those feet are somebody who's vulnerable. Those feet get washed too. Who is breaking bread and passing a cup, making space for the person who in our minds, they don't deserve a spot at the table? You know, Pilate asked a question a few weeks, a few weeks, a few chapters later. What is truth? What is truth? And he didn't know it, but it was standing right in front of him in the person of Jesus. And the truth is, 
Jesus washed feet and shared meals with the people closest to Him who would abandon Him in a heartbeat. Every single foot was washed. Every mouth was fed. Not a single one deserved it. Nor do we. But that's how grace works. You want to know what the commandments are of which Jesus was speaking? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What are those commandments? It's the moment when someone strikes you on the cheek and you, you turn that other cheek. That's a commandment. It's, it's the commandment to forgive, not once, but over and over and over again. It comes in narrative form. It's a commandment of Jesus that comes through a parable that says, when you see a stranger, even if that stranger is your worst enemy, beaten and left naked on the side of the road, you get over there and you just scoop that person up and help restore him or her back to life. It comes in the form of, of all sorts of prodigals who want to make their way back to church, but they're too scared to walk back in the doors because their past is, is what it is, and they don't know. And, and the commandment of Jesus says, no, no, when you see that person, you get up off the porch and you come running for them and you welcome him or her with open arms. And, to, and throw on your coat and add your ring and your sandals and you welcome that prodigal home. The commandments of Jesus resist the temptation to fashion money and power and control into a tower like at Babel or into a golden calf like at Sinai. The commandments of Jesus that are signs, outward signs that we love Him are when we deny ourselves and we take up our cross and we follow Him all the way to His. The commandments of Jesus include letting light shine no matter how dark the day is so that all may see our good works and know our Father in heaven. It requires leaving our offering unpresented until we have reconciled with a brother or sister with whom we are estranged. It means confessing and repenting. It means if someone asks for your shirt, this is a commandment, give them your shirt and then give them your coat and when they need you to go one mile, go two just to make sure they're safe. The Jesus way means loving those who persecute you in whatever arena that might be, and praying for enemies, foreign and domestic, and not judging, and doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. This Christianity thing is so simple, isn't it? Why is it so hard. If you love me, you will keep these commandments, all of which fall under the greatest commandment. Love God. Love people. Keep it simple. We all come to this table again today having heard the familiar invitation. Christ our Lord invites to this table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live at peace with one another. All who love Him. Is that you today? Is that us? 
who will be so bold to rise and to come forth and say, that's me. I need a change of heart in order to help change hearts. I do seek to live in peace because it's time. And Jesus commanded it. Do the hard work of keeping those commandments. They are for our own good and for the good of the world, which is watching very closely how Christian we are acting right now. Obedience. It's an expression of love as a resurrected people. Love God. Love people. Our very souls depend on it. 